Hello and welcome inside Locked On Senators. I'm Ross Levitan. Today we got the whole crew. Chris Parliament, how are you, buddy? Good, good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Pillsy, you're back. Your wisdom teeth look just as ugly as they did before. Yeah, I'm back. Um, Fortunately, my mouth wasn't too mangled. Uh, They only removed two of the three teeth, but I don't know if you guys have ever had your wisdom teeth removed. It's one of the weirdest experiences ever. Literally, one dentist just grabs your face and holds it like a vice grip while the other dentist just yanks on your teeth until they come out. Luckily, I was pretty frozen up, so I didn't feel any of that, but uh, the bad part is I got to go back on Monday to get that last one surgically removed. It's still hiding under the gum, so that's lots of fun. But I'm back here talking sends with the boys. I don't know that's... what dentist you're going to, but I was put out and given medication. So I think you got some third-rate stuff going on over there. Yeah, well, some people are just a little tougher than others, uh, Parley. It comes sure. with uh, age and wisdom, so that's that's the situation I was in. Parley's okay. got about 18 sets of wisdom teeth, so he's in for a real tough one to get them all out. <laughs> already gone, pal. Already gone. Well, as you're on the couch, I uh, hope you weren't too tired from the meds, Pillsy, because those first two periods of the game against the Devils could put anybody to sleep, but they picked it up in the third period and pulled away. Who else? Jean-Gabriel Pajot, his first career regular season hat trick. He's got two. Not one, two in the playoffs, if you include the four-goal game against the New York Rangers. I was actually at MSG this year, this uh, week on Tuesday. Got to see Capo Caco do his thing, but made some nice memories from that building, especially got to remember that goal where Eric Carlson goes end-to-end, puts it out front for Bobby Ryan, who was back in the lineup against New Jersey, and I actually want to start there, Pillsy. What would you think of Bobby Ryan coming in last second? I guess Jonathan Davidson out with a, a last-minute injury. How would you think he played? I don't know. It's it's getting old news talking about Bobby Ryan. I mean, let's let's take a step back and look at the situation that we're analyzing here. We're talking about a guy that makes over seven million dollars a year who has been regularly healthy scratched uh, in this season. And he finally gets a couple opportunities to play. Doesn't really do much, and we were talking about it during the game. I think that was probably the worst shot block attempt I've ever seen by Bobby Ryan. Uh, I forget who scored the goal. Uh, Butcher. Butcher. Tried to block the shot. Totally falls. Trips Zaitsev up. So there's two guys, and then Butcher has all the time and space in the world and just walks in and wires it past Andy. So... Bobby, I don't know. He he was trying to get a little more physical last couple games, even had a scrap. I don't know if that's the style of play that Bobby Ryan's going to be successful with. So we're going to see all shades of Bobby Ryan, I think, in the next couple weeks, him trying to figure out his game. But last night, that ain't it. That ain't it. Well, we've seen a lot of shuffling up front, especially with the forward units. But DJ Smith said before the game he wasn't going to tinker with the back end. And it's been consistent all year. It's Shabbat with Zaitsev. It's Branstrom and Hainsey. And then my favorite pair actually has been Boro and DeMello. But they switched it up after the first period. And, boy, did it work. Boro, is he a certified sniper now? He's two points off his career high in points. Yeah, he's uh, he's getting it done for sure this year. And I, I was a little interested in seeing that switch up on the back end last night because... I mean, it has been consistent all year, and I think it, that we saw the best out of Nikita Zaitsev last night because he wasn't playing with Thomas Shabbat. He was the guy that had the puck on his stick a little bit more, and he was able to make some plays. Early on in the year, uh, it was mentioned that he Nikita Zaitsev had started winning over some of the Sens players because of his ability to break up the cycle game, and I saw that a lot more last night. He was able to bang away and stop guys in the corners and stuff like that and take pucks away behind the net. So 
I think we saw the best of Nikita Zaitsev last night, and Eric Brandstrom seems to be getting smoother and a little more comfortable every time he comes into the lineup and every game he plays. So as he starts to mature, I think we're starting to see the back end mature for Ottawa a little bit more. Eric Branstrom, I think, had his best game as an Ottawa Senator last night. There was that little spin move in the corner where he, he just shook yeah. off a defender. And there's been a lot of talk about maybe him going down to Belleville, running the power play. This is a guy with zero goals, one assist through, I mean, close to 20 games. He had that one where he was up, I believe it was in Long Island, where they put him up, said, watch a game from up here. Do you guys still think this is an NHL? Or the Sens can't afford to lose the Mark Stone trade. I think Sens fans might be a little... Um, weary knowing what happened, rushing Curtis Lazar, rushing Cody Cece, who was drafted as an offensive defenseman. They saw him kind of pigeonholed in a tough matchup situation, never really got the offensive side of his game going. Uh, is that a worry with Branstrom, or do you think that he'll be able to adjust here over time? I don't think it's a worry. I think you got to just a little uh, let him adjust because with a lot of rookie defensemen, it takes a while for them to get going. I remember Rasmus Dahlin came in last year as the first overall pick, and he took a little bit to get going too. We talk about it with goalies all the time. Guys are coming over and they're starting to play on smaller or smaller rinks, and it's tough to get angles. I think it's just as hard for defensemen, guys that are Swedish taking time to get over here. I know he's played in North America last year as well in the AHL, but. I mean, it takes a while to get going, and the speed of the game is so high in the NHL, so it, it will take a bit of a time. Uh, I agree with you. You can't afford to lose the Mark Stone trade right now, but I think another thing that's kind of going into Branstrom being put in a spot right now is the Christian Willinen injury. How different would things look if he was healthy? Do they look yeah. a lot different, Pilsy? I know that we got a firsthand look at him in Belleville. I, I want to say it's going to be start of the new year. But the thing is, with an upper body injury, I believe it's his shoulder that you're able to skate. And that's going to yeah. be important when he comes back, going to be able to get up to speed, hopefully a little bit quicker. I think it's a bit too early to talk about who who the odd man out's going to be on the back end. But, I mean, the Belleville Senators are looking pretty good. And we're going to get to that in our next segment. But before we do, Nick Paul is no longer in, I think, Belleville's what what would you even say in, in their radar? Because he's getting a place in Ottawa. He'll be a senator for the rest of the season. He's he's continuing. Hey, he's got all sorts of chances. That line with Pajot and Connor Brown could be the best the Sens have. Yeah, I highlighted it in the show yesterday saying that they're starting to look a lot like that top unit with Anthony Duclair playing the speed game as long as as well as Connor Brown. And then you got Nick Paul, who's a bigger guy, and he's getting to the front of the net and he's causing things to happen. I mean, you look around the league and if you're going to be able to get to the net as a big guy, they're kind of a tough breed to come by. And if he's going to do that, he's going to be effective. And I think he's going to be an effective guy against every lineup he plays because his He's willing to go to the net. He's willing to get in the shot lanes. And if the puck's coming to him with speed in the zone with, off of Connor Brown or J.G. Pajot, finding him out front, it's going to be easy to do. And he keeps putting it on net. Pajot was uh, the benefactor of a nice play off the post last night where if it was an over an inch to the left, that's Nick Paul's goal, right? So if you keep going, he was able to pick up a point. But Pilsy, I think you said it last night, he deserved a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Poor Nick Paul. Like He couldn't buy a goal. Like The chances that he had... Uh, he had a really great one-timer chance. Shabbat had a perfect sauce pass through the slot, and Nick Paul one-timed it. And Mackenzie Blackwood, he yeah. made probably the best save he's made this season. Not that I've been watching Mackenzie Blackwood games uh, closely, but that's a glove save that is so tight and so close to going in that he had to literally shove his glove against the post to stop it from going backwards and across the goal line. And I believe... Um, during the break, they were saying they were actually reviewing to see if that puck did, incre- uh, uh, in fact, go 
past the goal line in his glove, but it didn't. And then you had uh, a chance point blank out front. It was one of those like icing bank plays off the corner board that landed right in the slot and Paul beat his man and got a shot off. The only thing with that is you don't have much time to really make a move or like pick your spot with a shot. So he kind of just shot it right at Blackwood. And then he had, like you said, that chance where he hit off the post and our boy Jean-Gabriel Pajot tucked it in. Yeah, Pajot is just on some kind of tear. And they're not the only ones on a tear. The Belleville Senators, 4-2 and two since rocking the red jerseys on November 1st was the first time we saw them. Red jerseys are looking sharp, and there's going to be a couple of guys returning to Belleville that'll get a chance to wear them as J.C. Baudin and Jonathan Davidson went back to Belleville. Before we get into Belleville themselves, Baudin and Davidson, what'd you think? Baudin had a few extra games than Davidson, but what'd we think of them at the NHL level, Parley? I liked Bodan's game, and I thought he was going to be a guy that stayed in the lineup. He played physically last night, and he moves his feet, and that's really what DJ Smith's asking for in a bottom six that's not really doing anything. And with a lot of guys that are maybe not working as hard as he is, I thought he was going to be a mainstay in the lineup, but he got his taste of the NHL. We talked about that being important on the last show when we were all together. So good time for Bodan to go back down and maybe continue it and hopefully help out Belleville. They're going to need all the help they can get this weekend, especially. We're going to be at the game on Saturday. I believe they're they're playing tonight, Friday, as we record here. How about the game last night, though? Abracadabramov in full, full effect. If you haven't seen the highlight, head over to our Twitter, at Send Central. Um, I mean, we retweeted it just saying, wow, look at this kid. Uh, Three-game win streak, all with one goal differential. So I guess my question to you, Pelzi, is what's the importance of playing these close games, and how can that impact the development going forward of the kids uh, namely Batherson, Abramov, and the man who scored the overtime winner, Alex Formanton. Well, first off, let's just get into those red jerseys. I don't know what you guys think about them, but I think they're pretty pretty slick. And I mean, it's it's kind of boring that the the sense have just gone into that uh, the style that they're just going to have the exact same jersey, just one white, one black, and one red. Yeah, but I mean, the, there's it's a sharp design and it works well moving from jersey to jerseys it keeps it similar so i like them wearing the red especially at home it's way better than the uh the whites and they've been dominating in these reds they as far as i know their first game was playing in the reds was november 1st and they've been on fire ever since we might see andrew ladd in the uh, bridgeport sound tigers lineup on Friday he was just placed on waivers he was actually already on a a conditioning stint but I guess they didn't like what they saw enough so he's going to be back that's who the Belleville Senators are playing on Friday and then the Milwaukee Admirals a lot of talk last year when Nashville was in the trade conversation with Duchesne and Stone about Ellie Tolvanen so we'll get a first-hand look at him as well um what do you think here coming down the stretch I mean it is all about Belleville really Rudolph Balser's back in their lineup now what do you think the amount of time he'll have to spend there is before he gets a look? Because this is a guy who would have made the Ottawa Senators at a training camp. It'll be interesting to see him go back and play with Batherson again because they had a lot of chemistry to start off last year. And some of when Belleville was playing some of their best hockey, it was when Batherson was with Balsers. I mean, whoever Batherson played with was playing well last year. Nick Paul being a benefactor at one point, and Logan Brown, who hopefully is back in the lineup against Philly tomorrow. But uh, yeah. Balsers can get back there, get some confidence going and keep Batherson going. I think as we get into the halfway point and uh, get closer to the all-star breaks here, maybe we'll see Balsers come back up and 
we'll who knows because there's been a lot of uh revolving doors happening between Belleville and Ottawa this year but uh I mentioned the all-star break because Batherson he uh he kept going last year and he was named AHL all-star MVP so uh who knows if you can get in on line with that guy Balthers can get it going again get some points and probably be back up in Ottawa pretty soon yeah, and uh, well, it'll be great to have Balsters back because we saw a lot of good things out of him last year in the NHL and especially in the AHL. But Parley, you talked about a guy who we ha- we haven't really pumped his tires as much as we usually do, and that's Drake Batherson. I mean, this guy is just coming up clutch. He scored the shootout winner in two games recently, and he had a golden assist in last uh, game's 5-4 OT win over Laval. And he's just been so clutch. He knows how to turn it on at the right times. And the only problem is he he wasn't able to do that last season at the end of the season. And that's kind of where they narrowly missed the playoffs. But right now, he's doing exactly what the Sens want from him. He played two regular seasons in the NHL this year. And we all kind of thought he was going to stay up there. But he was kind of invisible in those games. So the Sens sent him down. Well, what's he doing in the AHL now? He leads the team 15 points in 13 games. So he's showing that he can really do what he has to do in the AHL. And hopefully he's working on the little things that Ottawa wants him to work on. And he'll make his way back up to the show. Next game for the Ottawa Senators will be on Friday against the Philadelphia Flyers. We're going to talk about that soon. But Pilsy, I had Chick-fil-A when I was in New York. Unbelievable spot. And... I think you can order them on DoorDash, can't you? Yeah, well, Ross, DoorDash is the perfect option because DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. You can open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over, get this, 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities So you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from a new favorite or go back to a classic like Ross said, Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Locked On. That's a great deal. Honestly, I know Parley loves the Cheesecake Factory. That's like half a slice off. Yeah, you're crazy not to use DoorDash. Well, let's get into the Sens opponent here on Friday night. The Philadelphia Flyers, they're third in the Metropolitan Division. They had a little bit of a rough stretch as a Carter Hart fantasy owner. I can attest to that. They had a four-game stretch where they couldn't keep anything out of their net. But before last night's shootout loss, of course, that being on Thursday, they had won six straight games. Seven in of their games in November going past regulation. That is the sign of a gritty team, pardon the pun. I know the mascot there's causing a big <laughs> stir, but this is a team you can't take lightly. They've got the top end talent. You look at Claude Giroux, Jakub Voracek, um, I've, Travis Konechny. That's a sore spot with me because yeah. he was so close to that that pick. Could have had Shabbat and him. I know my buddy Max will never let that one down. Uh, Colin White's still a good player though, so I always I always kind of have that individual battle in my head. So you can too when you sit down tomorrow night. Colin White against Travis Konechny. But then they've also got some some big old mean defenseman, Radko Gudis, who we like to poke fun at. Uh, he's gone, but still 
Matty Niskanen replacing him on the back end. They've got all sorts of weapons there, uh, front and back. What do you think the keys are to beating that Flyers squad? I think we saw it last night when you get your defensemen getting a little bit mixed up in the lineup. Having good defenders all the way through the lineup is going to be key against those guys because when you're going into Philadelphia like that, it's going to be tough to stay on top of their their top line because they play so many minutes. Uh, Jakob Voracek had a great move last night to feed Claude Giroux out, or sorry, to score his own goal, and then Claude Giroux, great play in the shootout to, uh, in the losing effort, but still, just uh, they're very good. And I remember last year at the start of the year, Senators played this Philadelphia team and they just could not contain that line. I think they had three or four goals combined on that line with like 11 points. So they were just throwing the puck all over the zone and they were all over the Senators. So I think the key to tomorrow night's game is shutting down that top line. And uh, I think they're, if they're able to do that, they might get two points out of it. Still no yeah. word on who the goalie's going to be in that game, but it's interesting to note that, I mean, it's not that surprising. The Sens are getting a lot of teams' backup goalies, but Brian Elliott's played well in his last few games, so you wonder, I don't know, is it still a revenge game for Brian Elliott? We always talk about that when players come back and play their former team, but that's what, he's been to St. Louis, Calgary, and now Philly. That's three teams ago. Uh, it's probably time to move on from that narrative, but I, as a, a goalie fan, and we know this is a goalie-friendly show, I'd love to see Carter Hart play just Love watching young kids kind of make their way through the league. So it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on who's between the pipes. We know the special teams is dangerous for Philly with all the talent that we mentioned there too. Yeah, and Ross, going back to uh, we were talking about how you're disappointed that uh, the Sens passed up on Konechny and took Colin White instead. I mean, obviously we still love Colin White, but it's a tough look, especially when Travis Konechny, he leads the Flyers in points. He's got 19 points in 18 games. And to have a guy uh, lead the team in points when you've got guys like Giroux, Voracek, JVR, Hayes is pretty impressive, especially with how young he is. So that's someone they're definitely going to have to look out for. And you talked about the special teams, too. I would say a big key to the game for the Sens is they need to be strong five on five. Like, let's be honest, the special teams, it's just not working for the Sens. Their power play is at a 6.6% success rate. And then the Flyers penalty kills fifth best in the league with an 86.3 percentage uh, on their PK. So if the Sens are going to have any chance in this game, they're going to have to really step it up on even strength play because they just can't hang with the Flyers special team wise. No, and the Flyers with their power play as well, clicking over 20%. So, I mean, those are probably some keys to victory. And after that, back to the divisional matchups, they're going to play a home-and-home with the Buffalo Sabres. We'll probably get into that more so in our next episode. I really had to do two by himself, so we're excited to get fired back up. (laughs) Sunday it is then, eh? Yes, sir. Pillsy, if there's nothing more to add, I think it's all just waiting for the puck to drop tomorrow night here and hope the Sens can string a couple wins together. Yeah, they've they've got a back-to-back coming up against the Sabres, so hopefully they can uh, do some good at home against the Flyers and then make the trip across the border to Buffalo and keep this keep this win streak going, especially after that that brutal 8 to 2 loss. Hopefully they can uh, stretch together a couple games to make up for that. And I do have one more thing to add. Uh, it's been people have been reaching out a little bit on Twitter asking us why we aren't on Apple. It's just a technical thing. We're trying to get through it right now. We got people at Apple. We got people at Locked On Network trying to work on it. So we are working on it. But right now you can find us on Spotify. So if you want to download the Spotify app, smash the subscribe button. We'll be trying to get as much daily content out there as you can because as you know at Locked On Podcast Network, we are your daily source and we are your local experts on the Ottawa Senators.
Couldn't put it any better than that, Chris, for Brandon Pillar. You just heard Chris Parliament. I'm Ross Levitan. Thank you for listening to Locked On Senators. We'll talk on Sunday.